Welcome everybody to another edition of the Mayfair Theatre Podcast. We were, we tried to record last week and uh, it wasn't cooperating, uh, Garage Band and whatnot, so we are back finally. It was ghosts. Yeah. We talked too much about ghosts last week and I think the ghosts sabotaged the podcast. Yeah, we, have, <laughs> we upset the, uh, we upset the spirits. And then none of us, we, could, we didn't have time to come back in and do it again, so we had a leap week last week. And then... Andrew just fought with his computer for like 15 minutes, so I thought we were going to have to skip it again this week. Yeah, my computer's being weird. It only it only works when it's plugged in because I spilled coffee on it, so <laughs> that just shows you how like tech-competent I am. This is high-tech stuff we're dealing with right now. Um, yeah, I'm Josh. I'm Mel. I'm Andrew. We're all here again. Um... It was a sad pop culture day again today. Uh, I was trying to do some work, and then my friend called me and said, Did you hear? And I didn't hear, and he was driving in his car and just heard that Prince had died. And uh, my friend who called me, Fred, Mayfair holds a special place in our heart, of course, but also it's because uh, our our first uh, play date when we were young teenagers was we came to the Mayfair. You called them play dates? Our little play date. I call it a date. We, we always jokingly say our first date. Our, our first date was uh, we came to the Mayfair and saw Sign of the Times, the Prince concert film. And uh, we, we went to... Uh, there At the time, there was an arcade at Billings Bridge. So we went to Billings Bridge, went back to his house and had dinner, where I had pierogies for the first time. Then we came to see Sign of the Times, and then we threw bricks off of uh, the bridge over the canal. And that was, that was our first... That was our first play date. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's uh, man, it's, it's just, I guess it always happens. Maybe we notice it more because we're more people, for, for me, people I grew up with are dying now. And maybe like older celebrities died when I was young and didn't notice as much. But it seems to be a cavalcade of stars passing away in the last few weeks and months. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were uh, quick on the draw. And uh, we booked um, Purple Rain. So we're going to be screening Purple Rain in uh, a little while away. We, we, we would have had it a little bit sooner, but we had a bunch of bookings and rentals and stuff like that. So it's May 8th at 9 o'clock. Yeah, Sunday, May 8th. I've I, never seen Purple Rain, by the way. It's really good, and I only put this together... It looks like the most 80s movie ever made. Yeah, and years after the fact, I realized that 8 Mile is essentially a remake of Purple Rain. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, if you would have told me that 8 Mile was actually a remake of Purple Rain, but they just took out Prince and put in Eminem, it'd be like, oh, yeah. Like, like just the, 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 the hits on the story and, like, the underdog and the rival musician and the love story, it's, it's, it's the same movie, essentially. Um, but, yeah, I've, I've never seen... I was too young to see Purple Rain on, on the big screen, and so this will be the first time for me to see it on the big screen, and... There's, um, it's like always with, with a, uh, a tribute movie like this or like kind of a special event film like this, there's always a lot of buzz, a lot of social media. So we just hope that people follow through and come out and see it when they can. Um, but yeah, so that, that's coming up, uh, in a couple weeks from now. And the only reason why we don't have it sooner is because we're so packed with all kinds of other stuff that was, uh, other premieres and other rentals and things like that. And... This week is no exception. This week is nuts because we have, well, we got one, two, three, four. We got five one-night-only movies. 
one movie for two nights and then three uh, kind of regular regular bookings. And so, God, where do we start? Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe with the premieres. <laughs> the premieres. Okay. So uh, I'm very excited about this. I think we one. should save the best for last. What's the best? Oh yeah. Okay. Obviously I know. Yeah. Best. Yeah. Um, uh, so first one, Ottawa premiere of The Measure of a Man, uh, which is a uh, French film that won Best Actor, I believe, at the Cannes Film Festival. Yep. Vincent Vincent Linden. And it's a uh, kind of acclaimed festival darling kind of a picture. And it's... What's the plot? It's, it, it's, it's a man, he loses his job, and he's trying to uh, find employment, and it's just... He's coming into nothing but trouble. Like he's having a hard time. It's not the exact same story, but remember we job. had. It was one of more the female perspective, but it was she lost her job and then had to convince. Two days, one night, or yeah, whatever. That was another French film, wasn't it? Marion Cotillard. Marion Cotillard. Yeah. This movie's being compared to that. Yeah, where it was like. It's like a working class, uh, working class drama. Yeah, like really good character drama. Uh, strangely tense because it's not like a, a thriller action film kind of thing but you were just edge of your seat just hoping that everything turns out okay for these people yeah so yeah that's the first thing i thought when i even when i saw the poster in the trailer i was like oh that reminds me a lot of that marion cotard movie but uh so that that's one of our premieres that we have uh this week and so that one we have starting friday the 22nd we have it for a number of days we have that for for five days throughout the week and it won the audience award at the brussels film festival oh fancy so actually, the plot description here is at the age of 51 and after 20 months on unemployment theory, Vincent Linden starts a new job that soon brings him face-to-face -face with a moral dilemma. How much is he willing to accept to keep his job? So he has a new job, but yeah, I guess it uh, toys with his ethics. Yeah, and it's, um, yeah, so that, that's kind of our big award-winning festival film of the week. Uh, the other auto premiere... On the complete opposite end of the scale is Baskin. Uh, a Turkish horror film. A Turkish horror film that won, 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 won something at uh, Fantastic Fest, I think. Uh, best director at Fantastic Fest. Uh, best film winner, Morbido Film Fest. Uh, Grand Jury Prize nominee at the Nashville Film Fest. And it, look, it looks like a real horror movie. Like, it looks like... Yeah. Like, no, it's not messing around. This isn't... It's this like, isn't it looks like kind of a Lucio Fulci kind of thing, <laughs> like the Gates of Hell. Mel's bracing herself and kind of... There, well, I, I don't know. Like, there's part of me that sort of feels like a... Might be a little, like, Silent Hills-y. It, like, it, it sounds like a lot. There's so many horror films, especially American ones, that have, like, uh, a humor to it, a dark humor, whether it's, like, Nightmare on Elm Street, or even stuff that is kind of horror films, like Silence of the Lambs, where it has, like, a charismatic villain... But then there's stuff like Baskin, but yeah, like like the Fulci films, where it's just, and I've only seen the trailer, but just, this looks like the kind of horror movies that people who don't like horror movies will not go to. Like, yeah, this, is, yeah. <laughs> this will give you a nightmare. And people who love horror films will yeah. come to. Yeah, and, and so, and I, I just, the it, I believe the plot is uh, a bunch of cops go to investigate something, investigate a, 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 a complaint or investigate something. And then the gates of hell open up and everything goes horribly wrong. I, I think that's the plot. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but yeah. So it's like the beyond. Sort of, the Lucio Fulci movie. I think you're right, but I think it's already like going wrong when, when, they, it, yeah. when they get there. 
<laughs> but like just these movies always yeah. remind me of movies that I watched when I was too young to watch them at like sleepovers or something and I'd watch like you know demons or some some and, and just you know because there's that kind of kid horror movies like like gremlins or something but Baskin reminds me of a movie that like you would watch on VHS at a sleepover and then regret it and then be laying in your sleeping bag <laughs> and being scared and wishing you were at home with your mom yeah oh, I made a horrible mistake um but yeah, so we have that for a couple nights this week, uh, Wednesday and Thursday at 9. Uh, so what's that, 22, 27th? 27th and 28th of April. And on the 27th, our friends at uh, Zombie Info are going to come out and intro the film and give out a bunch of prizes. They're always pretty cool. They're always good at... They are awesome. ...helping to draw a crowd and to give out a bunch of cool swag. And they're just a, a cool local group who just... They have a website, and they, and they do special events, and all kind of horror-themed. So yeah, Zombie Info will be out to help us present that during the week. Two. Oh my god, the list in front of me is so big. It's so imposing. Uh, so that's two films. Uh, third, let's go down the row. So Lobster, we're holding over for a second week. Lobster's done very well for mm -hmm. such a weird movie. <laughs> and it's a lot of young people coming to see it. People like it. Yeah, like... Uh, uh, two, two of our, of our super fans, Brad and Ann, who are here, like, every week, uh, I Did saw they it. see it? They saw it, yeah, and, and they really liked it, like, oh. uh, they, they, and, and, and they're, they come to see everything, but they're a, a pair who you might not think is the target audience for a movie like this, maybe, if I'm being cliche, but they really liked it a lot, and, yeah, it's, it's interesting when a movie like this draws a crowd, because it's just... It's so hard to pitch to somebody. It's so hard to, like, you know, if, if you're talking about a simple... It I don't know. I, I think don't, it depends. Just, yeah. Like, I was really into Handmaid's Tale when we were in high school. Yeah. Like, that whole, I don't yeah. know, dystopia was sort of really appealing. Yeah. I saw that, I guess, did you lend uh, Anya the Handmaid's Tale book? Yeah, for sure. I saw that, and I was like, are you reading this? And she was like, yeah. And I was like... I was like, this is one of the books they forced me to read in high school. It was one of the <laughs> options for my ISU, and I didn't choose it. I actually just didn't even do the ISU thing. Yeah. You know, whatever. I hated high school. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> uh, but I read every single one of the books that they gave us as an option for yeah. the ISU, and it was all like... It was all that, like 1984. It was like, compare Brave New World to blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. Perfect. I loved it. We, we watched the movie in class and if I remember correctly it was, it was like you know we were only like 14 or 15 and it was like in an English class or an English writing class and we watched it like on VHS like AV club style like somebody brought in the TV to the classroom but I remember watching it and just being like I think I'm too young to watch this because like, there's some pretty pretty crazy sex stuff in Handmaid's Tale yeah and I remember being like, oh, I know this is like a Canadian iconic book and everything, but I remember being like, do my parents know I'm watching this right now? And, and it's weird. There's a difference between like holding the book and watching the film when you're in class with like your teacher watching you watch some weird sex scene in a film. But, but yeah, I guess Lobster is kind of akin to that, that it's, I don't know if it's has a specificity to what year it's set in or what, but it's, it's in a world where... If you don't find true love by a certain deadline, you get turned into an animal and set free. An animal but of your choice. Of your choice. Of your choice. <laughs> yeah, so I, th I think I said this 
the last podcast where it was like, so I, I guess it's a spoiler that the movie's called Lobster, right? That's kind of right in... Like, sort of like Tusk was a spoiler, though. Yeah, like, some, is, I guess someone's going to get turned into a lobster in this, but... Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm actually watching this tonight. Um, I love John C. Riley, who's in it, and I always appreciate that actors like Colin Farrell and Rachel Weisz kind of will leap back and forth and do something super mainstream and then do Lobster, because you would think Lobster doesn't have the you know, the, the appeal to a wide audience the way that, you know, some mainstream tentpole kind of action movie might have that, mm-hmm. that Colin Farrell's done a couple of in the past few years. But, but uh, yeah, so that's... And uh, so another... We're really hitting up the international market this week because that's what we've already mentioned. Turkey, Ireland, France. Uh, a trip around the world in seven days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get your passport ready to come to the Mayfair. We'll stamp it for you with a happy face. I really <laughs> yeah, we'll stamp your, stamp your bad boy. I used to work at the Children's Museum. I know how to do this. Yeah. <laughs> um, next on the list, something I'm really looking forward to, I'm glad we got, is Midnight the one, Special. The one with the goofy bus? The one with the goofy, yeah. Yeah, totally, yeah, totally. I remember that. That goofy bus has a huge story that involves a lot of vomit. Hey. Oh, God. <laughs> I can't imagine. We've looked It doesn't it. go anywhere. How would they get motion sickness? Jumping around, candy. <laughs> yeah. Jumping around. Just being candy. a kid. Yeah. Were you there? I can't remember if I'm making this up, but was there a Hammy the Hamster exhibit there? I was at some kid, kids' museum. Time. I don't know if it was here or somewhere in town. And they had a Hammy the Hamster exhibit, which is a show that when I was a kid was on TVO. Where it was... I mean, maybe it's on YouTube now, I don't know. But the most hilarious... like I just imagine somebody just rolling the camera for hours and just hoping that the hamster would like go to the mailbox or sit at the kitchen table and it, it must have just been chaos probably but yeah I always remember they had like a little little display of like the hammy hamster set at one of these kids museums and I couldn't remember if it was the one here but and that um, sh- like maybe it was a temporary exhibit yeah and I just hope that they didn't go through like oh get another hamster <laughs> like, seriously probably though but yeah I remember that speaking. remember that at the kids museum but, uh, uh, yeah, so, um, nothing to do with Hammy Hamster. We have to keep on track. we got 85 movies to talk about. Seriously. Uh, Midnight Special. I've seen this movie. You saw it? <clears throat> I'm a giant fan of, of... You'll really like this movie, oh, man. by the way. I'm a, I'm a giant fan of the director's young career. He, he did Mud and Take Shelter. Take Shelter is amazing. Oh, my God. It's ridiculous. Take Shelter. I made Greg watch it the other day. Oh, man. And then we got yeah. the Showtimes, and I was like, yay! <laughs> Take Shelter is a movie where, I don't know, I, I don't want to, I always hate spoiling things, so I will just say that, like, the movie's good. The movie's good and tense, and, and Michael Shannon's so good in it. And such an interesting story of, like, a guy who is having these premonitions and nightmares, and but it does such a good job of leading you to think one thing where the other thing is actually happening. But I point at Take Shelter as being, like, there's bad movies with good endings, or good movies that kind of fall apart at the end. But Take Shelter, I think is, is I don't know, it's one of my favorite endings of a movie ever. And, and just like, and it's the last like, like what, like 30 seconds. There's like a little like beat in the movie in Take Shelter that kind of turns things around. And man, I loved it. So, uh, Midnight Special seems a bit more 
high concept than mud or mm-hmm. or take shelter. It's like um, it's a movie that will remind you of a lot of other films. Like um, I kept thinking of Starman, John Carpenter's Starman. Okay, Man. yeah. Uh, Close Encounters. Um, a little like bit in, of M Night Shyamalan, but Ding Dong. Back when back his, his, <laughs> he was good. Uh, what else? What else? But yeah, like, like early Spielberg, is it Joe 80s? Dante. Looks like an era, like an eighties kind of. It's feel. in the spiel. Well, not. It's um, yeah. It'll remind you of it. It's not um, it involves this little boy who has uh, special vision powers, and yeah. uh, he belongs to this. Uh, it's this cult that thinks he's this deity and. They want him in custody, but the FBI is looking for him because they think he's a threat. Yeah. So his father and uh, his father's friend are on the run, taking him. Yeah. Uh, and they hook up with uh, with his estranged mom, and they're on the run from the authorities who want to capture him. I thought a lot of Firestarter, too. I was just going to say, it's yeah, like, yeah a lot, like a very 80s genre of like a kid on the run from the man in black, essentially. Yeah. 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 And there's a oh, and uh, Kylo Ren is in this as a as a scientist who becomes an yeah. ally to the kid, and also known as Adam from Girls. <laughs> Adam from Girls. Adam Driver in real life. I have like, like my grandma watching soap operas. I have got in my head that Adam Driver killed Han Solo, and when I see him in the trailer, I've only seen the trailer for for Midnight once. I'm like, no, like, and I haven't watched Girls, but if I watch Girls now, I'm going to be like, no, you killed my hero. Like, but it's so funny to see him so quickly after, after Star Wars in another very different sci-fi film, but, um, yeah, oh, yeah, I think you're right. I think I'm going to love this movie. I think this movie's right up my alley. Yeah, it is. And, uh. But yeah, so we have we have that, and we and we got that really fast. Like that only came out in the yeah. Um, Lee and I saw it only a couple weeks ago, and it only opened in a couple of yeah multiplexes um, with I guess a little fanfare. I didn't even realize it was opening until I checked the the listings, and I'm like, oh, and now we have it. So yeah, it's kind of a fast get for us. I saw Michael Shannon on maybe on Colbert or something like that, like a couple weeks ago. So that's the only reason I that's the only publicity I saw because I, I don't think he got a big big push besides for. A couple of talk show appearances like that, but, but, I think that was where Michael Shannon got in trouble because he was, somebody was asking him about Batman Superman and he was basically like, oh I don't know, he <laughs> clearly had no care, but, um, but yeah, so check out Midnight Special. Only have it for a few nights, but uh, it's a really cool, fun looking sci fi film that uh, is a bit off the beaten path. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and mud and mud as well, mud which. Was yeah, not, not as good. Not science fiction at all, but just was was Matthew McConaughey being Matthew McConaughey, but had a cool, a little darker, little darker, yeah, and uh, but also had a a, a uh, kid central character kind of thing going to it. Yeah, this this guy is a very a bit of a Spielberg vibe because all three movies have had kind of important kid characters in it. In Take Shelter, it was a little bit less, but he had what did he have a daughter? If I remember correctly, I can't remember. It's been a while since I've seen it. I yeah. only saw it once. But, um, yeah, definitely a Spielberg vibe, more I, more I think about it. Uh, but, yeah, so, Midnight Special. We also have, which we talk about next, The Messenger, uh, a Canadian film, a documentary about... Songbirds. Oh, I think it's going to be sad. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the return to the sad, depressing Mayfair film, but 
it looks like it has beautiful cinematography, and I think it does have a "I'll hope is not lost" theme to it. Um, I I got on a Facebook group just because I a couple years ago Gwen and I kind of jokingly were really lazy birders, like we weren't going out hiking or weren't going on trips or anything, but we were just kind of keeping track of the birds we saw, and. So there's an auto group that's really interesting because it'll, like, some weird bird will pop up and, and you'll catch it in your backyard for a second. But they also post these things of, like, the art gallery's got a really bad rep because poor birds, like, fly into all the glass and stuff. And they'll and there's a photo that I think is in the trailer for the movie, and it's all the birds that kind of passed away, hit got killed by hitting glass. And so I think this movie is kind of trying to say how we can help the birds, kind of simple solutions of trying to, trying to, um, within the city and technology to try to... Before they attack us. Before they attack us. Before there's a birdemic. The, uh, man, this reminds me, my friend was in Australia for a brief time, and he said, there's some birds there, and they're so common, just commonplace, that you have to, like, bring an umbrella if you're walking through certain areas, because if you're anywhere near their nest, they'll attack you. So you just have your umbrella to kind of protect you a little bit because these little, like, robin-sized birds will jump down and try to kill you. Like everything else in Australia. <laughs> everything in Australia. Oh, did you see that uh, apology video with Amber Heard and, and, and Johnny Depp? Again, thanks to Colbert, yeah. Colbert did a little spoof dressed up as... as that was the, the, the most uncomfortable thing I've ever seen. <laughs> well, it was weird, too, because instead of just, like... Do you know about this? I saw it, yeah. Like, just the camera angle was weird. It was like they didn't try very hard. It's like somebody somebody's lying on the floor with an iPhone. <laughs> yeah. And like there's somebody behind him holding a gun forcing him to <laughs> yeah. apologize. So the angle was weird. It looked like they were being held hostage. Like not too much effort that they could have like stood them under a nice tree and you know, I don't know. It was it was strange. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that was that was a weird thing. But <laughs> we should just show that before yeah. <laughs> the messenger. <laughs> anytime we yeah, anytime we show an Australian film or a dog film, we'll show a public service announcement from Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, who's on screen as we speak in uh, the yeah. One More Time movie. I was I, I think this got lost in the ages, but last week I said, "Where do I know Amber Heard from?" And somebody, one of you guys said Johnny Depp's wife, and I was like, "Okay, but." Did she do anything besides... Well, there's an like, Amber Heard movie playing right now, as yeah. we speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um... We should actually spoof that. We should record, like, a no-texting, throw-at-your-garbage video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, where two of us are like, the Mayfair has a treasure trove. Yeah. <laughs> wonderful old seats and... It's funny, because the, the texting please stuff... Please honor it. Please do not... The, the texting stuff got some play on the internet last little while, because... Somebody from one of the multiplex chains kind of came out and said, "Oh, we might allow texting in in our theaters." AMC was like, "We're going to cater to the little millennials who yeah. can't oh, stop no. looking at their cell phones." Yeah, and and of course, kind of like a smoking section or something. I don't know. It just sounded like a bad I, idea. It didn't sound like it was going to be a. Section. They're not doing it though. Apparently, no, they're they, not. But after they got ripped a new one by the internet, yeah, and by Tim League over at the Draft House. Yeah. Good. Yeah. And, but it's just like, no, no, it's just, it's, it's such like, even last time I worked, even like the credits were rolling on something and I even get mad when right away a person being so desperate to check their phone that they turn it on right away 
and are looking at it while the credits roll. Mm-hmm. And it's a little thing, but even that, I'm like, just leave. Just walk out, turn on your phone outside, you know? It, it, it's such a weird thing to me that that attention spans, it, with, with grown-ups as well, with, with older folks as well, is has so minimalized that you can't just leave it alone for, for 90 minutes, for two hours. But, yeah, of course, so, somebody once asked me if we had Wi-Fi, and I was like, well, we do, but I'm not giving it to you. Like, it was like, I was like, that's, I, we're not going to encourage this. Like, it's, and, and man, like, it, and it's just worse for live theater. Like, every time you, you see somebody on a talk show doing a Broadway thing, they have a horror story of somebody, like, checking their phone or, or taking I've seen pictures. videos of that. Like, there, yeah. there's a video of Hugh Jackman doing a one-man show or doing a yeah. play, and he gets interrupted by a, it might have been a crying baby or a cell phone. Oh, my God. There's a couple of times where, where, depending on the play, the um, the actor can like break the fourth wall, go into the audience, steal the phone, kind of thing. I've seen that happen. I was actually at a at a one man show once that a friend of mine was doing. It was a really good one man kind of clown show at the Fringe Fest, and kind of a lot of improv in it, but just really simple black box theater, really funny. And someone's phone went off, and not only did it went off, it went off like front row center. So he stopped, referenced her, kind of looked angry. She was all embarrassed, put the phone away. And then 10 minutes later, it goes off again. <laughs> and then like 20 minutes later, it went off again. And at that point, he was like, like very over the top clowning, but like, oh no. And he, he took the phone away from her at that point. But man, like, you know, everyone makes mistakes, but to do it three times in a row, front row center at a live performance... You have to be a real jerk. Man, there's been a couple times, and I and I have called them out on it, sent them like a private tweet saying, you shouldn't do that, where someone will be recording, a lot of times it's an independent film, like somebody here recording their own thing, but they'll be like, they'll post on like Twitter, um, here's me up on the big screen, that kind of thing, and I'm like, you shouldn't do that, you know, like. Once somebody did it for, like, Friday the 13th, we were screening Friday the 13th, and then somebody put that up on, like, Instagram or Twitter mm. or Vine or somewhere. And I was like, no, don't do that. No, like, you're not allowed to do that. And it, it went down right away, and they apologized. So I was like, you can't... Like, we all know you can't take out your phone and record things in a theater and then put it on the internet. <laughs> that was my... <laughs> that's why Mel broke up with him. That was the final straw. <laughs> that, that was it. She was like... If I remember correctly. But anyway... I have a number of complaints. Moving right along. <laughs> the final one. Um, I didn't remember... Uh, <laughs> Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yay! Rocky Horror Picture Show, hosted by our friends in the... Extra talented, absent friends, shadow cast. Um, I'm just saying, what, there's some actual stat where it's like, we're like the third biggest Rocky Horror Theater anywhere. It's like... We're number one. We're number one. We're the biggest Rocky Horror Theater. Nothing else matters. It's, um, it's a, you know, a continually, continually impressive feat. The, the, the movie itself is past its 40th year. Um, I was chatting with uh, Handsome Mark about it. He was saying he was chatting with a couple of the regulars and how it's it's such a weird crowd because the movie's only rated fourteen, so you have 
high school kids come in, like grade 9, grade 10 kids come in by themselves. And then you have people who were maybe 20 or 25 when the movie came out who are now senior citizens or pushing it and everything in between. So it's this really interesting mix of like, you know, you kind of, sometimes you, I don't think it's fair because I think movies appeal to different kind of folks, different genres to the same kind of person, but it's not like one type of crowd is showing up for Rocky Horror. And we keep showing it and keeps drawing a crowd and, and absent friends keep on seeming interested enough to lending their talents to us. So the, uh, I don't know, I don't know how many times you show it a year now, but it's almost a monthly occasion plus extra stuff at Halloween. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think it was today or yesterday, Tim Curry turned 70, I think, which is crazy. But, um, but yeah, so that'll be a late, late show on... Saturday, Saturday at 11.30. Saturday the 23rd at 11.30. And all the normal rules apply of, um, you know... Don't be a jackass. Yeah. Dress up. Well, you can be a jackass. Just. Yeah. <clears throat> no, don't be a jackass. Don't I'll be a, throw you up. Yeah, yeah. You'll get, don't, don't throw rice. You're not going to be able to smuggle in booze, so don't try. <laughs> I re I'll never forget. It Most was, people aren't jackass. No. Very early on, like a long time ago... Early, early on showing Rocky Horror. I think it was before Absent Friends or anything like that. Um, we had a, a Halloween screening, and the amount of booze confiscated was astounding. Mm. Like, like three recycle bins filled with booze. And one of the bottles was, this, was like a homemade cap-open purple something. And... Sounds delicious. One of the candy bar kids was like, can I take this? And I was like, I was like, this really falls under... Why would under, you want to? Yeah, this really falls under like the don't take candy from strangers yeah. side yeah. of the this equation. also like as a boss. That's a nightmare. Or the uh, the smashed um, peach schnapps. Oh, yeah. They, they literally just got past our security and they're... The bottle of peach snaps that one of the one of these teenage girls had hidden in her coat just smashed all over the floor. Uh. Nobody knows where she. It wasn't even under her coat. <laughs> what? Like Nick seems to not understand where this. Where it was? It wasn't under her coat. There was no coat to speak of. How did it? From like, what I understand. How did it? I like, just remember it hitting the floor and the stink of it. Yeah. Did she have it in like a like a like a holster on her thigh or something? Maybe. <laughs> It's, it's, uh, I remember being in the theater once, and it's funny, because we have, like, the, the, the Coke cup holders, and it was somebody, like, right behind me, had, like, a bottle of beer, and let it go, and I swear I heard, like, the speed lines going, like, I heard, like, and just extra loud, smash, because they were expecting to put the bottle in, but the bottle is perfectly too thin, and just went right through, and I turned around and looked at him. And I was just like... You're an idiot. Oh. <laughs> I was like... Thanks, pal. Yeah. You gonna pick that up? Yeah. And I, I, I remember being like, do you have any more of those? And, it was like, and they, he did. And I was like, go, just, you get rid of those now. <laughs> it's like... And then you smell it. Beer's smelly. Oh, it was just... Yeah, so... Don't, don't smuggle in beer. It's horrible. But the, the, the best story, my favorite story is... The one time where wasn't paying attention in the zone watching the movie, and um, aforementioned Brad, super fan, they always sit in the left love seat. I always sit in the balcony, 
And he, he walks over to me, and I thought he was going to walk over and go like, oh, can you turn it up a bit, or something like that. And he goes, I think someone's smoking in here. And as soon as he said it, I smelled it. I, as soon as he said like, it. Jesus. And then Matt, our projectionist, was sitting on the couch, and he looked at me and saw I was about to go talk to somebody. And Matt and I are the least imposing people in the world, but he was, he was ready to have my back just in case. And I went over, and it was the drunkest drunk drunk I've ever seen and I spotted it because he had just uh, lit another cigarette so I saw like the the, the the spark go and I went over and just, just like a flabbergasted parent I was just like are you smoking and he was very apologetic and he was like oh sorry you're not, are you not allowed to smoke in here <laughs> oh my God. and I was like no have you not been to the movie theater since like 1932 yeah and I was like where and, and I, I I couldn't help but have a conversation for a second. I was like, where can you smoke? You can't smoke anywhere. And he's like, oh, sorry. And then there was like two beer bottles on the ground. And I pointed at them and was like, are those beer bottles? And he's like, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I was like, you can't. And he goes, I'll leave. I'll leave. And and like the Canadian in me was just sissy enough to be like, well, you just got to get rid of it. You can't smoke and drink in here. And he walked away. He left with no fight. But I just like just on the chance, the, 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 the chance that he got up and would be like, I can smoke where I want, and then pushed me. I was like, oh, you know, like, that's what I did not want to happen. Yeah. But it's weird how every once in a while somebody's just either oblivious to the rules of... Well, pretending to be. Or pretending to be, yeah. He seemed pretty legit that, or maybe he was just <laughs> so drunk. He was really drunk. He was super, super, super drunk, but... But yeah, I was like, you can't smoke in here. Like, that. everyone knows that, right? But... But, yeah, so, but that's a rarity. You don't, you don't really catch smokers in here, but... And that always makes me think of the days when you could smoke in a theater. It must have just been, oh, not cool, but... Awful. Um, I think the movie just ended. The movie it just did. ended. So it we did. might have to wrap it up. Um, yeah. Never-ending story on uh, April The 21st. most important thing! In the world! Um, hang on, you guys keep talking for a second. I'll just go make sure the curtain's drawn. So this is the next Kids Club movie, which is, uh, you buy a $10 kids membership. Anya's on the ball. Perfect. You buy a, how does this Kids Club thing work? This is So, for the Kids Club, this is our second one, and we have a third one planned, and the first one went pretty well, and this one seems has a good buzz, and a lot of people saying they're going to do their best to bring in a lot of folks. So the pitch behind it is a monthly free screening for kids, not to be confused with Kids just get in for free to whatever they want. Um, so last month was um, uh, Land Before Time. And this month is The NeverEnding Story. So you buy a card for $10, and that'll get you into one free movie a month for a year for a kid. Uh, on their first visit, they also get a free uh, kid's popcorn and drink. And grown-ups are welcome as well at just normal prices. And we're just going to try to program kind of cool old kid stuff that uh, maybe kids of today haven't seen or definitely haven't seen on the big screen before. And Never Ending Story is hopefully appealing to both some of the adult crowd who have seen it before to get a chance to see it on the big screen. And uh, it's just a cool, fantastical, based on a book, 1980s story that, uh, um, I don't know, a lot, a lot like Land Before Time kind of has a, has a special place in the hearts of a lot of folks. Yeah. Um, who maybe I've only ever seen it on VHS. So I've um, only seen it 
I saw like a, a recorded, I think recorded off TV copy like years ago. Yeah. And I haven't funny. seen it since. And, um, this is the first movie I ever watched with a babysitter. Oh. Also, maybe the first movie that traumatized me? Yeah, yeah. So be sure to come check that out. That If you're listening to this right away, it's Sunday, April 24th. And then very soon after, if not this weekend, we'll probably have an announcement for the next Kids Club movie, which will be at the end of May. Um, Did Prince make any kids movies? <laughs> the closest thing would be... No, no Batman. That's, that's, I, I'm joking. Yeah, Batman. But... Uh, uh, but yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I, I love when we get to show older films. We don't get to as much as we would like just because with one screen and we have such cool movies offered to us lately that um, windows are small. But uh, So we have one matinee screening of Never Ending Story on Sunday, April 24th. Um, and then I'll just quickly mention, uh, check our listings. We have uh, a movie called Beep, which looks really cool. It's all about video game sound effects and music. And um, it's a one-night-only uh, screening. It's a rental for a group that we have coming in uh, that is doing a big local um, video game conference, I guess. I'm going to run away, but come get Pop-Tarts this weekend. Mel's running oh, yeah, away. The, Bye, Mel. Uh, what are they? Little Joe... Little Joe. Little Joe, Joe, Little Joe Berry Pop-Tarts. Mel is stepping away to be responsible and open up the theater. Um, so, yeah, Beep uh, is a video game documentary. Um... Yeah, so check our listings. We'll have more information on all these things that we just rambled through and very quickly. And we have a, quickly. another special screening called Before We Arrive, the story of the Weber Brothers. The Weber Brothers from Peterborough are well-versed in the world of rock and roll, having played alongside greats like Ronnie Hawkins and Chuck Berry. The, this documentary tells the tale of their tumultuous... Tu- I can't <laughs> talk. Word, I'm word. having a stroke. This documentary tells the tale of their tumultuous... Tumultuous... I can't say that word. Tumultuous... <laughs> journey through life as dedicated musicians putting it above all else without necessarily being worried about their success that is on uh thursday april 28th at seven o'clock and, th- and that's what's cool too is next week we have three canadian films and uh, we, uh which are which beep messenger and before we arrive mm-hmm. so three canadian films next week as well um yeah so Check us out online. Mayfairtheater.ca, uh, Twitter at Mayfair Theater, uh, Instagram at Mayfair Theater. And uh, visit our friends across the street at House of Targ. They just celebrated their second anniversary last weekend. And they just fun. got Lethal Weapon 3 on pinball. Oh, yeah. And they got um, uh, Goldeneye. And if you want to feel like a big shot, play Goldeneye because the points are insane. So you get like 500 million points for like not doing too well. So you get to feel very impressive. And um, I bet you, what's our Audible thing again? What's our Audible? AudibleTrial.com slash Mayfair Theater Podcast. You can get a free audiobook download when you sign up for a free trial. I bet you there's one for Never Ending Story. Probably. So go check that out. And uh, I'm going to go watch uh, Lobster. All right. <laughs> See you next week. Bye, everybody. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye-bye.